0: Hi, and welcome everyone to the I Have a Dream podcast, where host Rajan Navani initiates candid conversations with industry leaders and experts to explore their aspirations for India as we enter a golden period. Rajan is the National Chairman of CII's Council on Future Businesses, India at 75, and the Artificial Intelligence Task Force. And Chairman, Managing Director, and CEO of Jet Synthesis. Today's episode features Suhail Sate, Founder and Managing Director of Council H, where he talks about India as a brand and what should be done over the next 25 years to elevate it. To find out more, stay tuned.
1: Very good afternoon to all of you, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for joining this fireside chat on I Have a Dream with Mr. Sohel Seth, the founder and MP of Consular India, but more importantly, someone who speaks his mind and he speaks his heart. And it's very hard to know whether it's the mind or the heart speaking, but I'm sure it's a combination of, of both that we will see today. Uh, I think someone who has Gained tremendous understanding, knowledge about India through his experience, but also carries the, the, the heart of what India stands for in the world today. And of course, we are at the point when the world has seen a crazy pandemic. We're in the midst of a war, uh, you know, like situation in the world. And at this time, we're really discussing what we have achieved as a country at India at 75 as we've entered. Our 75th year of independence, but more importantly, you know, also talk about where we will go over the next 25 years. You know, will it be, you know, five sprints of five year plans that will get us across this marathon to 2047? How do we really look at India, particularly as a brand? And that's something that Soel is the master of. uh, Help us position the various aspects whether it is our development agenda, whether it is our technology progress, whether it is our economic strength, all of that, how do we really make sure it all falls together as we move ahead and while we continue to celebrate what we have achieved? So uh, great, thanks, Sorel for being here with us and really looking forward to the next hour to, to chat with you on different subjects relating to India, but really want to capture how you see and what is your dream uh, for India today and for the future so let me let me first you know, begin, uh, with a question that is core to you you know uh, how do you see brand India today and, and really you know the journey from independence maybe even pre-independence you know where Bharat or Hindustan as a brand emerged uh, to what we represent today and then we'll take it from there so Welcome and look
2: forward to hearing your thoughts on that. So, thank you so much, It's Rajan. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to be at any CI event because I think they marry the cause of nation building along with a lot of cerebral heft, which is what we need uh, in our country. Having said that, you asked me a very pertinent question that if I were to write a positioning statement for India, what would it be? I would say that brand India captures and epitomizes the spirit of entrepreneurship and the ability to achieve in spite of all odds and that's an important statement and why would I say that let's pull back a bit and I'm sorry if I turn this into a history come geography come corporate come strategy lesson but it's important Michael Porter wrote three seminal books, competitive advantage, competitive strategy, and then he wrote competitive strategy among nations. In that seminal book, he talked about national advantages of countries as brands. And he says, Japan is known for miniaturization. Remember the Walkman? Germany is known for engineering excellence. So he captured each of those. Sadly, many years ago, we were defined as a nation of shopkeepers. Today, The topic, the theme that you have is, I have a dream, which brings me back to Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King in this seminal speech said, I have a dream. I have a dream when all of us will sit at the table of brotherhood, where you and I will eat together. And Martin Luther King at that time was talking about black rights. He was talking about equality. He was talking about equality of purpose. Martin Luther King was an avowed fan of Mahatma Gandhi. By then, our constitution had come into force. We were a republic in 1950. We were a republic that guaranteed equality for all. We were a republic that was the youngest at that time. We are still the world's youngest democracy in a a manner of speaking. But here's the irony, Rajan. We're the world's youngest democracy. We're the world's oldest civilizational legacy. How do you marry legacy and how do you marry youth? Sometimes I believe that we are not citizens of India, we are custodians of that legacy. A legacy that 3,800 years ago, defined by Manu in Manu Smriti, talks about Daan. It talked about charity and about giving back way before Buffett and Gates did. It talked about the concept of Kutum, of the universal brotherhood, long before Guru Nanak Ji said Ek Unkar, one universe. We were the home not only to teachings in religion, we were home to the teachings in theology. Today, the largest largest, uh, group in India is Hindus. Hinduism is a way of life. It's not a religion. It's there are only two where you can't convert to. You can't convert to Zoroastrianism and you can't convert to Hinduism. The difference is Hinduism is a way of life. So we are a complex brand. We're a complex brand because we have used the chakra view and the manthan to, to sift out the, the poison and to make the nectar rise high. We've had that civilizational legacy which has allowed us to move ahead. Often I've joked saying India is like the bumblebee, aerodynamically the bumblebee can't fly, but the bumblebee doesn't know that, so it flies happily. So in such complexities, it is important to define the brand, not in terms of what we feel, but how are we accepted across the world? There is no question to my mind that we are seen as a young, vibrant democracy. We are also seen as a chaotic democracy. Chaos, without quoting Alvin Toffler, is a very important thing in the corporate world. It is also very important for brands. Brands need to recalibrate, rejuvenate, reinvent, reappear. Countries are no less. Who would have imagined 30 years ago that India would be at the cutting edge of embracing digitization? Here i salute prime minister modi you know modi will be remembered 20 years later in much better light than he is today and i'm not saying this i'm no fan of bjp or congress i hate all political parties with as much equality as possible but you've got to understand what modi thought of and what modi has delivered and what every indian today is part of who would have imagined 30 years ago that almost 20 of the leading companies in, in America would be headed by people of Indian origin. I don't use the word Indian because I'm coming to that. Brands today are not about national identity, they're about national achievement. The biggest mistake you make is when you define brands across national identity. There is, an, there is a difference between Indianness and being Indian. You must, all your viewers or people who are listening in, must read a brilliant book many years ago written by Pavan Varma called Being Indian, which is a sequel to the great Indian middle class. So when I pull back and analyze, I see a lot of complexities. I see the complexity of a civilizational legacy. I see a country where MTV came and from 90% English music shifted to 100% Hindi music. I see a country where McDonald's serves you aloo tikki burgers. I also see a country uh, 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 which where a refrigerator has a life of its own, even be beyond its, its working life. It's used for storage. So, you know, there are quaint attributes to Indianness, which you and I understand because we live here. A lot of people don't. But where have we gone wrong or where are we going wrong? And I don't say wrong in, in a very negative sense. I think I call anything wrong as areas for improvement. Our global communication is very weak. Number two, stupid comments passed by stupid people in public life get a larger amount of amplification because of social media's anonymity, and also because of social media's democratic or egalitarian uh, look and feel. So a lot of people say, if someone makes a stupid comment about a community or about beef or about eating or about clothing, the whole world says, oh my God, has India become intolerant? Plus also remember and I was criticized earlier because the person I was speaking against did not have the intellectual heft to understand what I was saying. India has actually absorbed the best of each culture that has tried to invade oblique, penetrate oblique, influence it. We have absorbed from the Mughals, we have absorbed from the British, we have absorbed from individual states, we have done so we basically are a nation, if I were to define it, India has been a sponge where it has taken the best, and it has then crafted it in such a manner where the ownership then becomes uniquely Indian. That to my mind is also a very important attribute of India. So this is what I would say, that today India is an exciting place in an exciting age to be in. Where do we go to, to 2047? What do the next 25 years hold? The edifice tells you, you know how the building or how the structure will be. And it's very important to go back again into Indian literature and Indian teachings and the Indian classics. Respect for all, inclusiveness with dignity, equality of opportunity are the three pillars on which we have to build today and tomorrow's India. Rajan, every country has poverty, every country. Every society is destined to be unequal. Equality is not a guarantee. Equality is not even God-ordained if you believe in God. Not all men are similar, not even two men are similar, or women for that matter. Where India suffers and has suffered until Modi came and even Dr. Manmohan Singh uh, did a lot of repair work in that area was, We suffered from the impoverishment of opportunities. A Rajan had the opportunity to be educated. A Vaishali had the option to be educated. A Rajan had the option of healthcare, primary healthcare. But there are millions who didn't. What did we do? We deprived our fellow citizens of opportunities. Those opportunities mired them in greater poverty. Those opportunities prevented them from realizing their true potential. Those opportunities came in the way of a unified unified India with unified strengths. You remember an old thing, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So, when we talk of an equal society, we have to talk of a society that is equal in providing opportunities. A society will never be equal in the amount of wealth it has, or amount of the talent it has, or, amount, or in the amount of cerebral heft it has. So I think A, we're in a great place. B, I don't believe in phrases like demographic dividend all that nonsense. Those are, you know, cliches, because there is nothing that you can do with demographic dividend if your youth are unemployed. Of what use is demographic dividend if you can't harness it to create prosperity for the families? If you can't harness it to create a better life? If you can't harness it to provide for greater dignity? If you can't harness it to provide for a more fulfilled life. See, ultimately we all live for ourselves. There was a Gallup poll done in the United States many years ago, maybe 30, 40 years ago. And when they polled, the order of investment and love was as follows. A, I love myself and my family the most, I'm most invested. Then comes community, then comes county, then comes country. But what are we doing for that individual unit? And what Modi has done are two things. And when I say Modi, I'm saying ye jo, the, the, the mood, the sentiment, the environment that we are in today has allowed us to do two or three things. Number one, India has never been in a better position globally as an admired brand. We were earlier a derided brand. We had derision and not respect. Today, that derision has been replaced with dignity. Number two, people have begun to recognize India's intellectual potential when linked to commerce whether it is entrepreneurship whether it's shopkeepers whether it is e-commerce whether it's digitization no matter what it is number three Indians and people outside have begun to recognize the enormous amount of contribution that knowledge can provide see Rajan, education is always finite your and my education technically stopped when we got our last degrees but knowledge is unquenchable knowledge is never ending knowledge endures knowledge also forces you to be both humble and empathetic today we are creating a more humble and empathetic society today more and more Indians are giving back more and more Indians are helping each other COVID was a great example where people came out and helped each other forget the government But individuals came out irrespective of caste, creed, religion, or gender. That's the India I want to see. My dream is of an India that is inclusive. I have a dream of an India that is resilient. I have a dream of an India that recognizes potential no matter where it emerges from. I have a dream where there is no Bharat and no India. There is either Bharat or India, depending on how you call it. I have a dream where rural India is not looked down upon and urban India is not seen as the aspirational destination. I have a dream when our girls don't have to wait for toilets. I have a dream when our housewives, when our homemakers, when the husbands recognize the contribution of each other to the India that we are. That's the dream I have. And I believe that's the dream that people have of India. So we're in a good place.
1: Outstanding, uh, Sorella. I think you touched upon so many different aspects, and in your last statements, really captured the dream you had, and and I want to go deeper into that dream and see what will enable that dream, you know, to come true or to become reality uh, over the years as we move forward. But you know, prior to that, you know, you mentioned um, the entire aspect of you know how India has become an admired brand. You know, you brought in Prime Minister Modi a couple of times in your comments and and i must tell you that there was this interaction in 2008 that CII and you know i chair of the india at 75 council had with him uh, in a meeting which was scheduled for 45 minutes but we spent over 3 hours discussing the vision for you know india at 75 and the new india of 2022 and the way c k prasad you know the inspiration behind this vision and everyone at CII saw it and I must say that at that point, you know, he bought into every aspect of the points that you have made, which also captured as a large part of the India at 75 vision. But also challenged us to actually take the vision even even larger, right? Like what you said, you know, to dream much bigger than what was already there. For example, you know, one of the things that we said was that we should win ten Nobel prizes by the time we get to India 2022. Of course, his point was that, you know, and, and he was speaking in, in, in Hindi while, you know, CK was, communi- you know, communicating in English and, and I was kind of interpreting the two, uh, you know, between, between the two and, and he said, Humko nahi and, and CK kept saying, no, we're talking about the intellectual prowess that we need to have, etc. And he said, Humko SC awards you know, the, the Nobel Prize should be given out of India for the world to, to come and get, right? And and I think that's the time CK said that's India at 100. So essentially, you know, the the aspirations of the Prime Minister then, you know, as Chief Minister of Gujarat, and he did mention that mm-hmm. and from 2014, you know, the new India of 2022 goals were set. And now we went to the 75th year and we're continuing to do a lot more. And now moving towards india at 100 right where we will build upon whatever we have done so far so my question to you is that if we were to take that same thought process further right What you would you have also seen both in terms of how we've become an admired brand you know where do you see us moving right let's not even go india at 100 right in the next say one year right in the next 365 days, right? What should we be doing as a country, you know, to really strengthen brand India, you know, in the global context? Many a times, our positions in in, in what is happening around us in the world are going to determine how strong we've emerged as a brand, both externally and also internally, right, within the country. So, what do you think should be our priorities, or how do we really, you know, strengthen brand India over the next 365 days? If that was an open slate given to you, what would, what would you think we should?
2: So I would look at three or four things. Number one, brands. You don't buy a brand, Rajan. You buy a benefit. You don't go to the market to buy surf. You buy the whitest wash. It so happens that in your mind over the years, surf epitomizes the whitest wash. So what are the benefits of India? What is the benefit of India? Ingenuity, not Jugaad. Those jokers who use the word Jugaad to my mind are despicable because they are showing an easy way out. That is the shortcut economy, which we don't want to be part of. Jugar almost seems to suggest a corny way out of a problem, not solving it in its with efficacy. Number one. Number two, there are many things about India that we have not communicated. For instance, our tourism sector is in a shambles in terms of communicating globally. We may have done incredible India, this India, that India, Atiti Dev Bhavai. it hasn't done anything today more people overfly India to fly to Thailand or Sri Lanka than they come to India our internal figures of arrivals are at 9.2 million okay 9.2 million I mean I don't even want to go there France Paris gets almost 20 or 30 million people a year our uh, inability to communicate is our biggest disaster number one number two We have allowed a lot of our cultural institutions to remain in the stranglehold of government including this government people rajan invest in countries they love people invest in countries they are affectionate about people invest in non-threatening environments the news that has been coming out occasionally time to time violence here you know deaths there inter-community you know despair disharmony these aren't good for any brand and these some of it is a large part of fake news some of it is agenda driven but I've never understood why the hell we can't sort this out and we need to communicate we need to tell people what the real India is if you need to see there's no point fighting New York Times daily if I were you I would make an ally out of my enemy rather than keep pushing the enemy in a spot then the enemy will say to help with them. yeah they've obviously got something to hide you know the point with right-wingers is they use masculinity to solve problems rather than their mind so we need to replace masculinity with the mind and then solve problems the other thing is and Modi has been right in saying you know global uh, local for global local for global and for God's sake over the past 30 years we haven't even been able to do an effective GI positioning for our made in India product categories whether it is tea, whether it's spices, whatever it is. What are we happy about? Bahi, oh, up ab New York mein Indian restaurants hain. Hai, community hai wahan. But does that mean you actually made Indian cuisine into this adorable Michelin star world? I mean, even the goddamn Chinese and the Italians have done more with their cuisine across the world than we have. So the point is, and this is an Indian trait which we have to get rid of. We are very happy with very little. We need to be slightly happy with a lot more. You know, here every Indian who wins a Nobel Prize, he may not have lived in India for the last 30 years. He will 100 percent get a Bharat Ratna or Padma bhushan Because you want to appropriate. He doesn't want to be part of you, but you've appropriated him. Say me Indian as one. So my point is be less happy, but be concerned about more. We are very happy about the little little things. This is not traffic light management. You know, sometimes you're delighted when you don't get a red light across, say, four traffic intersections. We're running a country. We're not running a car. The other thing is, we don't celebrate the goodness in our country, and that is a large problem, even with our media. Our media has also become completely, you know, they have lost the plot. This. I've never understood Rajan why are people so angry in our country we've got to calm the hell down we're an angry country everyone is angry about something I'm also guilty of this because I play to the galleries on television but the point is everyone is angry everyone's pissed. everyone say oh this is wrong that is wrong we sadly are becoming a country where we find a problem for every solution we have to change that so, there are two compartments to answer your question. One is internal recalibration of brand India. That will only be done by citizens of India, by us, by you and me. You know, someone from Fiji or Papua New Guinea can't come and do it. The second is the communication of brand India. And I'll give you an example. And I'm glad that CII now is headed by someone like CB, and, you know, <clears throat> there's fresh blood. You're there. Narain is there. Next is Sanjeev Bajaj. These are young people. These are people invested in the idea of today's India. Even the CIIs of the world, I've noticed of late, have now changed their imprint of communication. That's important. See, people need to read what is. Look at what China does in terms of soft power. They outspend us by almost 120 times. Imagine that. We have two Nehru centers, which are disasters they are both pitiable in their agendas as well as you know terrible buildings but in prime real estate we use our embassies and our high commissions to you know tom tom the virtues of India through the eyes of commerce but soft power has been completely ignored we have transferred the responsibility of soft power to Bollywood who basically don't care so these are the things we need to pull back you know, when Ravi Shankar was alive and the Beatles and Ravi Shankar collaborated, at that time it created a huge furor, but a positive furor. Because then people understood you for the various vistas you have. And it's also a part of a problem of us. Today, if I ask a young Indian, I'll say, Beta, aap ye bolo, ki kaun si aapko He won't know. He won't know Dinkar. He won't know Manu. He won't know the name of the vice president of India, but he will know Rithik Roshan's pet name is Duggu. So what has happened is, we have replaced intellectual, genuine intellectualism with what I call convenient academia. Societies can't be built on convenient academia. country investment how can you imagine its progress? So, brands like countries are, as I said in my opening remarks, are very complex. They need multiple investment at multiple levels. But the primary investment has to be, to my mind, in two areas in education oblique knowledge and in healthcare. You cannot have a society that has high you know, uh, mortality or that uh, is unable to educate people because of the lack of schools or the lack of education humare society there's a lot of nam stuff happening haan rajan has gone to school he has gone to college he's an m.a but what the hell are you going to do with your m.a which is why i love what modi did with startup see please remember rajan 10 years ago 15 years ago if someone came to you or your child came to you and said papa i want to drop out of college and i want to you'd be on you know you'd want to kill the person because our matrimonial ads had defined the society we were the matrimonial ad would say wanted an ias or ips or ifs today it really doesn't matter so i wrote a line many years ago for the national skills development corporation honor hai to qadar hai hum ek aisa society hame banna chahiye honor ki qadar ho na ki degree ki If you respect talent, if you respect ingenuity, if you respect entrepreneurship, if you respect innovation, that is the respect you need. Look at the irony. We have a fantastic software bunch of companies. Why the hell don't we have a Facebook out of India or a Google? What are we, just into body arbitrage, just into body shopping? This is nothing but labor arbitrage in a manner of speaking. Tomorrow, this labor arbitrage will shift to Poland once those guys, you know, get a handle of uh, English speaking through bots. So, how are you changing the paradigm? So, this is what I say, that when India at 75 marches towards India at 100, we have to be linguistically on par. We have to be on par by in, in, in the usage of e-platforms, we have to be on par in terms of an egalitarian educational system we have to be on par in terms of the knowledge filtration and the knowledge dissemination we provide and that's my dream and that's the dream of every Indian I cannot dream of an India where even one Indian does not believe in the idea of India I dream of an India where every Indian believes in one unified idea of India I I dream of an India where I may disagree without being disagreeable I dream of an India where contrarian views will not be shut down at the altar of intolerance but will be embraced at the altar of inclusiveness. That's the dream I have
1: oh absolutely and and I think each of those dreams that you've talked about right need some mechanism for all of us as a country to come together to ensure that those outcomes happen right and and I think you know there are some changing trends well in society what you rightly said where I think the biggest one you talked about was the entrepreneurial shift right today I mean I was at a you know convocation ceremony recently of a college and I was giving the the the, the talk and only one question I asked all the people graduating how many of you want to be job seekers or you know job creators and you'll be surprised 70 percent of the people put up their hand to become creators and this Absolutely. is coming out not of a management but an engineering and you know a mix that kind of a skill set talent pool having those ambitions and this is very real in india so i think the journey from india at 75 to 100 of what you said us being the body shop out to the world now becoming the product and frontline led tech you very rightly said all those companies you know there are five or six dollar market cap technology companies in the world you know half of them are led by indians and all of them have been built by Indians. right indian sweat has gone into building all of those companies you know
2: why they're led uh-huh. by indians you know why they're led by indians no one has done a research paper not harvard not really gnu no one let me tell you why they're led by indians as a person who has spent his entire life studying consumer behavior there are some very unique Indian traits. One trait is of inclusiveness. Remember, we emerged uh, 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 we emerged from a joint family system. Yeah. We knew how to carry everyone. A joint family or the community, the village, was very important. You knew everyone. भाई दही का जामून किसी और घर से आता था अगर आपके घर में चीनी कम हो जाए वो किसी और घर से आती थी आप वो नहीं पूछते थे वो घर मुसलमान का है या हिंदू का है या सिख का है या ईसाई का एक जमाना था कि मस्जिद और मंदिर एक साथ रहते थे आप चांदनी चौक चले जाओ आप पांचों धर्म के स्थापित मंदिर द Leadership is about caring people. Leadership is also about vision. But true leaders learn only one lesson which inspires them to lead well. It's a lesson of differentiation and taking the odds on your chin, not moving away. If you see every Indian who's heading those companies, not one of them comes from an entitled background. Malik ka beta aaj company chalara is not the case. These are people who have seen challenges firsthand. They have seen the absence of toilets in their schools. They have seen the absence of teachers in their schools. They have seen ki blackboard ki hai. They have seen ki Manmon singh ka aap Dr. Manmohan Singh said many a time that he would study under a roadside uh, municipal lamp because there was no electricity. When you when you When you face these challenges, Rajan, it steals you. Leadership is about being steeled against all odds. Leadership is about leading from the front, but a leader never walks alone. Lone wolves are not leaders. They're the pack leaders, but they're not leadership. Today, Indians by nature are tuned to lead. Plus, let me tell you this, and I, I know it may sound controversial, but I don't care. I have a great belief that every Indian loves every other Indian. I refuse to believe Hamare, Hamari Fitrat me, Hamari This nafrath, this anger, this distaste, this disgust is manufactured for political or other reasons. Which, by the way, these scoundrels are destroying India in that process. But having said that, I believe if you leave it on one side, and then you see the real India you look at the harmony see it is the size of the attendees at a funeral that determines the popularity of a human being not at a wedding who will be with you at the hour of your grief Look at India, a lot of people in New York Times and all spoke to me during the Covid time, oh, deaths are hidden. I said, you know, you can't hide two things in India, you can't hide a wedding and you can't hide a death. Well, everyone knows and everyone will make it a point to either attend or condole or, you know, be part of that mantra. So when you pull back and then see, where does the country move forward? We have intrinsic value architectures in our Shastras, in our literature. I mean, look at Swami Vivekanand, Swami Vivekanand and Jamshedji Nasarwanji Tata on a ship discussed the birth of the Indian Institute of Science. It wasn't discussing Hinduism. It wasn't discussing anything. You read Sri Aurobindo, read the mother. Read to my mind the most important cerebral mind in the history of the 20th and 21st century, Jiddu Krishnamurti, on whom Pupur Jaykar wrote that book, The Seer Who Walks Alone. You read all these people. See, the other thing, Raj, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to be 59, we've stopped reading. We used to read because there was a stress level. There was a famous Hindi song today we stop reading we have become instant gratifiers and instant and seekers of instant gratification but life is not an atm life is like a bank you go to the teller you mark your time you collect your money or you deposit your check you mark your time then you walk there is no easy way to success you know life isn't this whole you know russian roulette or a gamble and today's Indians have understood that the entitled Indian today is ashamed to be entitled. That is a great shift in society. Today, you're embarrassed to break the queue. Today, you're embarrassed to get there. Are also, pressure of social media. So hai. is Bharat kyun nahi badlega? and if all these things are happening unequivocally with equanimity with a fair level of justice why not I'm the happiest to belong here I would never live in any other country if those buggers paid me zillions of dollars why I find sukoon here you know the smell of the soil ye ugle sona, you find it here how will you replace the wafting smells of Indian spices or Indian sweat? How will you replace all that? That goes into building that brand. That's why I started by saying, Rajan, it's a complex brand because it's a country brand. A country brand is a composite whole of culture, commerce, and compassion. It combines the three Cs. When you combine three Cs in any life, even in, yours, in your individual life, you will then become an evolved human being or ekor baat, renunciation we gave to the world whether it is the Buddha or whoever it was we gave Tiag is an Indian word so if you look at our composite culture you look at our contribution to globalization globalization contribution not to be I have a trillion dollar uh, enterprise which has three thousand employees in Hungary no Globalization is if I've been able to plant seeds of hope, not seeds of despair in your mind and in your heart. And that, to my mind, is where India is headed, whether it's Modi or whoever it is, I don't care. But what I'm delighted about is that the Indian has finally begun to recognize his or her contribution, that the Indian is finally proud of being Indian that we don't shy away from presenting our passport when we go to a goddamn Schengen country, when we can hold our head high and walk into freedom, not just like what Gurudev Tagore said, but in a more intrinsic, in a more comprehensive, in a more combative, with compassion manner. That's the India I dream of. I want an India where every Indian has the right to dream and can make his dream realizable. I dream of an India where aspiration is married with achievement. I dream of an India where people can come together to build a harmonious country and not a country that is fractured or fissured or divided. And I believe that a country which comes together is a country that hopes. There's an old saying a family that eats together stays together. We have to be a country that comes together on every issue. Division. Is for arithmetic, not for society, not for cultures, certainly not for our country.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. And actually, multiplication <laughs> will happen and addition will happen when <laughs> all of those qualities stay. You know, and, and to your point, right, Where you said every Indian inherently loves every Indian, you know, the Vasudev Kutumbakam is absolutely. actually extending to every human being or every living being, right? So You know the 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 soft power, the the ability for India to influence the rest
0: of the world today. I mean, you look at the West, right? You take yoga, you take mindfulness. We
1: have a lot of digital products from India that are, you know, in those countries are creating massive impact on the lives that are transforming people today. How the digital is changing the way you live, the way you speak, the way you think, the way you eat. You know everything, right? It's it's impacting that. That power, you know, really being able to unlock that and unleash that at scale. I I actually use the word unleash, but we literally have to throw it out to the world because the world is waiting for us to do that, you know, rather than having some countries and others who are adapting that from here and taking it out. So, how do you really see us unlocking all this soft power? We've talked of many different aspects, right? From our food to our culture to you know, so many things. Is there I mean, again, you know, specifically,
2: what can we do? So that's a great question. Brands work to only one advantage when they are targeted at consumers that they identify as consuming clusters. The problem with us is we communicate everything under the umbrella brand India. But you may not be interested in IT. you may be interested in yoga. So first, we need to create clusters of communication based on unique brand differentiators that brand India has. My advice to you as the chair of India at 75, and as we go forward to India at 100, is to create a grid where you define these clusters. Don't just say yoga. You give me the benefits of yoga. Don't say, oh, you'll be very healthy, you'll lose weight. Bullshit, I don't want that. I want you to tell me, Suhail, if you do yoga in the Indian way, or if you do the Iyengar yoga, there'll be a lifestyle change which will do this, 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 number one. Number two, Modi has rightly said, we must go global with local. Identify two to three, not hundred. Consumers have limited mechanisms of absorbing knowledge also, and especially in this day of information overload. Communicate those with veracity, with tenacity, and with ferocity. Number three, make sure that there is a huge engagement in whatever you say or do no point having some goddamn government bureaucrat bloody responding to emails or they have no idea which is why i'm saying create partnerships let private enterprise be the engagement platform for those consumers who either have queries or who have solutions who have problems who want those problems addressed blah 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 that needs to be done number four identify and track success what happens is, we are budget consumers. No. You then track what's working, what's not. Sometimes, you will see that a lot of the time, you know, I gave the line India Everywhere for Davos many years ago when Dr. Singh was the Prime Minister. We tracked it. It worked magnificently for us in Davos. But people have to start tracking things. I budget spent to hell with it. And finally, the fifth is engage the Indian in India about how India is going abroad. Otherwise, there are two Indias, not to paraphrase Virdas, but then there are two Indias. One India where we are like all excited about ourselves, and the other India which we are portraying to the rest of the world. But look, if I don't believe in my India, then how the hell will you? So you have to make sure that the communication with slight alterations is directed both at the Indian in India and is directed at the global citizen the last problem which I find often with India is that we believe that we will do our diaspora ke community Are, to hell with it yeah we did a study many years ago I was asked by a bank to do a market study as to why uh people in that country Japan is the country I won't name the bank why people in Japan especially the NRIs were not repatriating funds into India like most NRIs do you know what I discovered it's a strange thing if you sent a letter to that Indian who lives in Japan in English and you didn't on the envelope type it in Japanese that guy felt that he was being sidelined or marginalized or identified as non-Japanese whereas that guy only wanted to be more and more Japanese then, when we started sending the communication in Japanese to this NRI, opened up. So you and I can't understand at times the nuances of consumer behavior and the impactors. You remember when the Parsis first came out of you know disgust with what was happening in Persia, and they first landed in Nausari. So they sent. So the king of Nausari sent them a glass of milk, and he's saying, "This glass of milk is full." those Parsis added sugar. And the phrase they use, obviously, in Gujarati was, don't worry, hum gul mil jayenge. The ghul mil jana is very important. You need to create clusters of, of communities and clusters of consumers, where they engage with not just the idea of India, but with the products of India, with the brands of India, with the beliefs of India. But if I don't believe in your capability of doing yoga, why the hell will I come to you? So, these are five important parameters that CII, you, whoever it is, government must address. And look, I'll be honest, I can speak for myself. I have done more pro bono work for governments than anyone else I can imagine. I have never charged them a penny. I never will because I think it's a way of giving back to India. But you know, sometimes I find these jokers quite hardened in very stupid bureaucraties. And that is something we need to get rid of. See, that's why I have hope in Modi. Modi used to be my briefing client when I handled Vajpayee's campaign. And I know what he's capable of. The other good thing is people who manage brands are impervious to criticism. They're good believers in research, but they're not gonna get stopped by one barking dog or by one bit of criticism. There, Modi has an advantage and therefore India has an advantage. <clears throat> See. Strong leadership is what defines country brands. Weak leadership can get those brands astray. So we have an advantage. And what we must pray for, Rajan, is from India at 75 to India at 100, we get a more vibrant, we get a more inclusive, we get a more dynamic political and economic leadership in our country. Not to mention the education prism that we see the country through.
1: I think, I think your education point, right, universal education, affordable healthcare, are the base, you know, parameters which will enable can't us, do
2: anything without
0: can't it. do
1: anything without that, right, so
2: definitely, you know, and, you, know you, may, you may abuse Kedriwal and he may come across as an idiot or whatever to a lot of people, but let me tell you what Kedriwal has done with public education in Delhi schools is remarkable, that's the other thing we must invest in. As a country, we must be graceful. We are pretty graceless. How much would it take for the Prime Minister anyone to one day pick up the phone or issue a tweet or a press conference saying, Well done, Kejriwal? You know what Kejriwal has done with education at the Mohalla clinics is remarkable. What Sharad Pawar has done in Baramati is unimaginable. The point is, Rajan, we don't even celebrate our oasis of excellence. We're so bloody busy criticising. From a nation of whiners, we've got to become a nation of inspirers. That is the ultimate definition, definitional change that India must embrace.
1: And that requires change at an individual to individual level, like
2: every person has past- yeah. It'll, yeah. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. will Parenting is very important only for two reasons: Sanskriti and sanskar. If you address both these at the parenting level, you're pretty much sorted. Absolutely,
1: and I think realizing that before you even address it, it's so important. which Is <laughs> missing, you know. But your pockets of excellence, right? Becoming meaningful in a country is only when it happens at scale. Correct.
2: I mean, so, otherwise, I'm because, saying. Otherwise, I'm how suppose I mean, told Rajan ki bhai baramati dekho. Uh. from agriculture to artificial intelligence centers, Rajan will say, wow, yeah. why can't I do it in my constituency? Imitation is not just the best form of flattery, it's also the easiest way of scaling up. People don't realize that in business. People are so consumed by the literary phrase that they fail to recognize that replication is also a great way of scaling up. You don't have to bloody reinvent the wheel. So I'm saying, agar aapko wheel nahi reinvent karni. then use this. Can I tell you, Rajan, I travel 29 days a month. Every day that I'm out in the field, I'm inspired. I'm humbled by what I learn. I'm enthused by what I see. And I'm dwarfed by the giganticism of the tasks that my fellow country women and countrymen face up to. It is at that time that you feel that you are a pygmy compared to the challenges that the poorest of the poor, that the less privileged have had to face. I'm saying if you want India to succeed, India can have economic prowess and economic power, but nothing will work if it doesn't have empathy. We need to become a society, a country, a culture which brings back empathy. We were an empathetic nation. We are an empathetic civilizational legacy that we need to bring back. So I know we are discussing it on a, on, a, on a business chamber platform. But business is nothing if not the harmonious coexistence between commerce and country, commerce and citizen, commerce and compassion. And that is what we, we must bring back.
1: Yeah. And society, I mean, at the core. Absolutely. Of the citizen, that's the
2: pivot. You and I work for that. You and I work yeah. for that.
1: Yeah. You know, Japan is doing a lot around society 5.0, right? They said industry 4.0, okay. You will know, the benefit economic thing. But at the end of the day, every citizen in Japan, for example, you know, there's a whole huge kind of, you know, uh, work that is going on around the role of technology in defining the future of society. And so we and say, bringing emotion empathy with technology your thoughts
2: how do we you see and and we're running out of time but I'll yeah. end with I'll end with two and I think that's an excellent point you've made what happened to Japan post 1942 it was a society that was ravished Hiroshima and Nagasaki had pretty much wiped out not just two cities but had wiped out Wiped out Japanese confidence. It had wiped out the belief in capability. It had obliterated landmarks of history. It had it had emptied out families. It had brought death. You know, come back to what what uh, 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 Arjun and Krishna are discussing, and Amartya Sen talks about it in his in his book The Idea of India, where Arjun asks Krishna that you know that in the wake of this war, there'll be dead, there'll be widows, there'll be. So Krishna says, dharm ki baat. it's kartavya, it's duty. Come to Japan. When the rebuilding of Japan happened, politically, they were told that they couldn't militarize. What did they do? They pulled back. There was a lot of inclusiveness, a lot of clannishness, but they built a society on the advent of technology. Why? because technology is borderless. Coming to that word borderless, you must read a book by Kenichi Omhe. He was the managing partner of McKinsey Japan who wrote a brilliant book called A Borderless World. When they built a, when they built a society based on technology, the one, thin, one thing they lack, which you alluded to very well, was emotion. Today, they are building that back. What they are building is empathy, not pride. What they're building is access, not arrogance. And what they're building is excellence and not just entry. We need to do that, but the, the difference here is hamari jo civilization legacy, to help with the chrysanthemum throne and all of that, but our civilization legacy has enough safeguards in our sanskar, in our shastras, in our whole sanskriti. So we don't need to worry, but we need to work. We need to be assiduous about that. We don't need to be escapist. Societies are built by people who believe in the societies they inhabit, in citizens they coexist with, in communities they live in, and clusters they serve. If that happens, it's a unified whole.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this this last point that we have put there really is bringing together that fabric and that framework within which you know we can evolve you know to india and 100 and i know you know we've talked for 55 minutes and we can go on for hours and there have been so many pearls of wisdom you know and, and guidance so that you have brought out through this conversation i think even a large garland of that or the mala of those pearls will uh, you know can, can continue to grow but but so much to to take away from you know, this conversation. But, you know, at the last point, I want to, you know, I want to just ask you and, and, and put for you is that, you know, we talked about people, Indians in India, Indians, you know, outside, and you very nicely said it's not about identity, it's about achievement. Today, you know, we, are business leaders, 200 politicians are in, of Indian origin, are in very powerful positions around the world. You know, we, we see that proliferation of indian indianness in different shapes and forms we talked about that you know everywhere in the world 2047 forget the economic i mean everybody's creating will be you know number third largest economic will india give direction to the world will india indianness really be what the world will stand for and if yes or if not whatever You know, it's it's once in a I think lifetime of a country that you have many things working for you. I think the time for India, while we've had it in the past, is now, which you and I can probably see in our next lifetime, in in this lifetime, you know, over twenty years. Will that happen? And what is that one or two things that
2: we should do? And we'll. So I've been asked this multiple times: Will India dominate? Will India influence? I want India to be a tea bag and i want it to infuse the world with empathy and excellence mired in our civilizational legacy agar us ya indian se i couldn't care because what is more important is the cultural groundswell that i bring the imprint of behavior that i carry and the emotional maturity and gravitas that I carry, that is more important. There are two ways of influencing people, uh, Rajan, you know this better than I do. I can influence you through power, or I can influence you through an embrace of common cultural moorings. I would favor the latter, because power is transient. But You can't take away culture. You can't take away moorings, you can't take away values, which is why I'm saying education embrace knowledge. Have excellence, but embrace empathy. Believe in India, but even more believe in the idea of Indianness. That is more important. For Indianness, you don't need a passport, you don't need an identity a Fijian can have Indianness in its heart if we define what Indianness is that is the dream I have of India today and India tomorrow
1: perfect and you mentioned that earlier too the the way of life right absolutely Indianness in the way every person on this planet lives I think in fact you
2: give me an idea you tell all these people at CI and all the (laughs) ad that we will run will be. What's your IQ? What's your Indianness quotient? quotient.
1: That's an ad <laughs> you run
2: across the world.
1: I'm going to take you up on that Eric, and uh, mention that we're definitely uh, are going to engage a lot more. and then make In fact, you've
2: of- just given me that idea create IQ. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Indianness quotient? Yeah,
1: and we define that. And we don't Absolutely. define it, the world will define
2: it for us. That's Absolutely. it. Let the world define it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Outstanding hour and as i said we could go on and
2: on but no thank you for having me yeah, a
1: lot. More. thank you pleasure
0: this was suhail sate founder and managing director of council in an insightful conversation with host rajan navani where he shared his vision for india at 100. thank you all for tuning into the i have a dream podcast Stay tuned for more conversations where we explore what India has overcome and what India can do to become a strong leader as we enter a golden period.